0: This is the shot where photographers tell the stories behind their photos. I'm Michael John Oliver. Bob Boylan is the creator and host of NPR Music's All Songs Considered, and of their Tiny Desk concert series, which hosts well-known and emerging artists for intimate performances filmed at his desk. Anyone who's a music geek with an internet connection kind of knows what I'm talking about. But when COVID-19 caught America in its grip in early 2020, Bob found himself with more free evenings than he had ever experienced. As a composer and musician, Bob has always been passionate about music, but pandemic life accelerated another passion, that for photography, in particular, macro photography. We talked in early spring about his time behind the lens and what spurs him to take the shots that he takes. Do you remember what your first camera was? Well, I
1: I do, because it really wasn't all that long ago. It was the uh, Sony NEXT, um, was it five, I think? I'm gonna say that that was the number, so we we can triple check that, but, and and it was only, I'm gonna say six years ago or seven years ago, I only just started taking pictures. I mean, relative in my life, so.
0: What kind of spurred that on? I mean you're a man with great creative interests, and you not only host all songs considered, and you have the uh, you know the music journalism side of things as well, but you're also a, a musician yourself as well as a an author. you've uh, published a book, but what kind of need did photography present?
1: <laughs> well you know it's <laughs> I went to tons of shows, right and uh, in the with the advent of the phone. And at some point back in, I think, 2010 or something, I bought this little 720p video camera. And I would do shoot, like every band I'd see, I'd shoot one-minute video. And uh, I was with uh, a friend then, now more partner, <laughs> I should say, and now a partner of mine. And we were, you know, just getting to know one another. And she said to me, she said, you go to an awful lot of shows. I said, yeah, yeah. She said, and and you take pictures with that? She points to my phone. I said, Yeah, it's really really great. I, I really love it. And she says, No 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 no. <laughs> and she said, and I said, Oh, I'm not going to buy a camera. That that's just ridiculous. I don't do not want to carry lug a bunch of gear to a, a gig. I just want to enjoy myself, take a picture, and or three, and that that'll be. She said, No, there are these new things they're mirrorless cameras and they're really lightweight and you really should try it and like i just shortly after, like weeks. I bought that NEX uh, I wanna say NEXT but that's not right. It's about NEX five I think. It's one of the Sony mirrorless. Really tiny a guy for about five hundred bucks. And wow. (laughs) So it was uh it was one of those things where I looked at my pictures and, you know, they weren't great, but they're certainly better than my iPhone three or whatever I had at four, four that I had at the time, and I thought, okay, the pictures I took with my phone said, I was there, I was at the show, it was really cool. Yeah, <laughs> and and then the pictures that I were taking, all of a sudden, I could there was detail that I saw with my eyes, but never thought to capture.
0: Did you? take any you know, photography courses or did you spend any time watching things on YouTube or was it very much learning on the job?
1: I, I totally learn, I'm just that way, I learn on the job. I do watch and, and later watch some YouTube videos and so forth. Uh, four years later I took a photography course but, but back when I started my first handful of years doing photography, uh, I was just trying to figure out what, what do these dials do? because I didn't want to do auto mode. You know, I'm just not, I, I'm not that audio auto mode in anything I do, uh, but I, I'm always playing synthesizers and doing all video editing, whatever it is. I always, I'm always self-taught. Do you
0: remember the very first gig that you, you captured with this new piece of kit? Oh. I don't know,
1: but I do, I can tell you the first time that was a real wow for me, which was a a St. Vincent concert. Yeah, that'll do it. Um, Exactly, because, all right, you know, a lot of the music I like, I go to, are bands that could care less about their appearance and and their stage presence. And that's fine with me. I mean, I'm totally fine with it, but that's not St. Vincent. Mm -mm. Uh, And
0: and I'm assuming you've shot uh, Annie
1: Clark before.
0: I haven't. I haven't myself. It's one of my okay. post-pandemic <laughs> dreams to see her live, and hopefully, when she comes to London, that that game will be on. But Great. no. Well,
1: she. I mean, you've seen what she is and what she uh, and her staging. I'd imagine, in some way, shape, or form, she. Mm. You know, image is such a part of her presentation when she uh, performs, and so the photos I took home were just like, whoa, these are good, Bob. <laughs> <laughs> I like this photo thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and it was very encouraging. And it, and it uh, you know, I think I began to learn about capturing. As she herself finds these poses and positions with lighting and background and guitar placement and all that, I, I started to really understand begin to comprehend composition a little
0: bit. She makes it very easy, I'd say. Like, yeah. if there's one yeah, person yeah. To, to... Hey, no, it's a really good picture, man. <laughs> yeah,
1: she <did. laughs> no, no, she does, He really does. <laughs>
0: what What is it about, as someone who has attended, I'm gonna guess hundreds of gigs in over the course of uh, not only your you know, career of NPR, but before that, uh, How And as someone who's very recently...
1: Let's see, I I, I was averaging 600 bands a year. Wow. So, yeah, so it's many, 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 many thousands. Yeah, wow, wow.
0: And as someone who's very recently taken up uh, music photography, how has the experience of capturing the images of a gig enhanced your experience of being at a gig? First, I thought of it the other way around,
1: which was that... I felt like I knew what the performer was gonna do, position-wise, because I understood the music and often how bands work, and you know when they were gonna, you know, stand back from the mic and take that, you know, jab at the guitar. I kind of it it my mm-hmm. I had a I felt like an advantage um, in taking pictures and having the sixth sense about performance so that's the first thing and then i think a lot of what photography has done and if we talk about stuff like the macro stuff i've been doing the last year i just think it's about seeing the detail and the detail can be (laughs) for me it was Mm -hmm. uh, the shoes i I did a a series of photographs every year photographs and a video out of those photographs every year called "Soul of a Band," where I captured the shoes of artists over the course of a year, and then I put it mm. together and stitched it together. But uh, or or just the way someone's fingers work, or or I love facial expressions when people perform. And drummers have different facial expressions than bass players, who have different expressions than guitar players. So I love capturing that detail.
0: Because a lot of, well, the, I guess the standard practice for a photographer at a gig is that you, you go down to the photo pit, you capture the mm-hmm. first three songs of a set, yeah. and then you're done. You've got to get those photos out to the agency or to whoever you're working with. Is that your approach, or do you like to kind of get a sense of the performance as a whole?
1: Well, you do, often don't have a choice. The, the, the band often will determine what they want. Most groups really don't like photographers down in front of their face. They just wanna get rid of them. So it's, for those who don't understand this, it's usually three songs and you're out. There are many clubs in DC that that's not true and you can just take pictures all night long. And I prefer that because the golden moment often doesn't happen in a show in the first three songs. I mean, sure, a band's gonna come out and give their all, but. There's a nervousness and just a comfort level they're dealing with. Oh, some, some sound issues. It's, it's never just. Well, I shouldn't say it's never just right, but it's often not just right. And of course, who doesn't want to capture the end where the band is? You know, I keep saying band, but whatever the artist is, is is you know sweaty and energetic and smiling, and the crowd is going. I mean, that's the, <laughs> that's sort of the moment it would be really the best to capture. So when I go to a club like you know. Black Cat or DC Nine, where they don't really have a policy here in DC. Uh, I, I enjoy those a lot.
0: That sort of struck me last well, last year, sorry, 2019. Uh, I saw Sharon Van Etten at the Roundhouse in London, and I was I was for the first yeah you know, first couple of songs of the set. I was concentrating on the photographers because I was fascinated by it, and she certainly played up to it. And you should lean into the shots. And there was mm-hmm. a lot of kind of energy and enthusiasm. And then as soon as those two songs were finished you know, they were out of there. And then I thought, you know, the, the mood changed and she went to, you know, some more low tempo um, stuff. And I thought, if you were to look at the photos of that gig, that would be your impression. It was that very high energy. You know, and I thought, you're missing, you're missing yeah. the essence here. So is it, is it just point. a case of, you know, just capturing it as a matter of record or are you trying to tell the story of of a performance? And I think that, you know, I feel that they're missing a trick by not Indulging that a little bit more. Uh,
1: uh, yeah, absolutely. But when you think of the other side of it, which is the consumer of the pictures, um, I mean, they're not going to look at 25 shots and or 12 shots. So, in some mm. way, shape, or form, um, you capture something about the essence of the show, but you can't capture the you can't capture the arc of a show very easily in, in social media. I mean, I, well, I I shouldn't say that, but, but for the most part, you're putting up a picture, you know, and, and and in that case, you're not capturing the arc of the show, you're capturing the moment, so, um, I, I do on my, uh, on my website, um, try to put somewhat more than just the single photo up, um, but how many people are going to look at it, honestly?
0: Well, that's well, the thing is you when you attend a gig and you're you're attending it not just not just as a photographer and not just simply as a as a music journalist but also as a fan, how do you kind of balance those three elements because you want to take good photos you also want to kind of you know understand the nuance of the performance because that's your job but you're also there as a as a fan of the the perform of the performer and the music itself. How do those three things kind of work for you?
1: Uh, I think that I get excited when I see people I love, and and it gets me excited to take pictures of them and capture uh, their essence as best I can or capture something about uh, them that I hadn't seen before. Uh, it's really thrilling. Uh, but the other thing is because I'm a fan in, uh, in many of the places I go to, if it's not, not a photo pit, I am sort of have gotten in early, not uh, with any... Um, special pass or any, well, although you get a photo pass, but, but I try to get there and get, get up front and so forth. But then I try to be courteous, too, because no one who goes to that show who's paid money wants to see somebody in front of them with a the damn camera shooting all the time. Um, so <laughs> I try to be that other part of me, which is the fan and the audience and what, what do I want to appreciate. And so often I will, you know, take those first three songs and put the camera away for a little bit, or uh, have it in my hand for just some special moment that pops out, because I do want to sit and enjoy, and I do want to be courteous to the people around me.
0: You talked a little bit about some of the some of the moments you do capture. Do you have kind of like a a list of moments you like to get? Is there a kind of like a an essential uh, list of Bob Boylan classics you like to kind of tick off? <laughs>
1: Uh, no, I like to be surprised. I think I like to be surprised by uh, the angle I'm at and the facial expressions and the cause, yeah this I can't I can't say there's a favorite thing. I mean it's nice to get someone when they're up in the air and the sweat's pouring out of them, but, yeah. but that doesn't yeah. happen much. Or uh, yeah, I just like to to be surprised and uh, and capture facial expressions are good, and I really like shooting black and white a lot too. Yeah. Which is, it came out of really necessity because so many of the clubs I'll go to, which are, you know, 125 people and in, in that kind of size club or 200, um, don't have the best lighting or mm-hmm. this world of red LED lighting. Yes. Yeah, yeah. It's crippling for us. But that said, it makes for great lighting for uh, high contrast um, black and white. And I use on the Sony. Um, Sometimes I'll use this little, uh, they have apps on the Sony camera, mm-hmm. and one of them is, uh, is uh, kind of a high contrasty black and white. And I like, I like doing that. And I also, uh, one thing that I do more often than not is one of the things I like about the Sony is it's got Wi-Fi in it. Mm-hmm. And so when I take those first three songs, I literally stand back, usually I go up against the wall so I'm not in anybody's way, flip through my pictures, uh, transfer them to my phone, stick them up on Instagram, write something while I'm in the moment, and uh, and so social media for me happens like right in the moment. It's another reason that I f- flipped over the Wi-Fi you know, th- feature that I didn't realize existed at the outset of using those cameras.
0: That's one of the things that a lot of a lot of photographers I, I've spoken to have said that you know. Initially, there was sort of you know a reluctance or reticence about using something like Instagram, mainly mainly out of fear for the way that the the medium would crop their photos, and you'd, you'd have no choice. You had the the one by one yeah. box. Uh, but then there there are many who said, you know, actually the social media aspect of this has opened up a different way of expressing things. And for for you, it's, it's it strikes me that it's it's a speed thing as well. It's not only you know just making sure you have a photo up the day after, but being in the moment and be able to capture that, that strikes me as being important.
1: And, and yeah, and and I want to, I mean, the whole reason that I feel that I have my music show and all this stuff is, and take pictures and shout out things is I want to amplify the art that I love. Mm. And so I do that on All Songs Considered, and I do that with the photography. If there is a band that I'm really excited about I wanna take their picture and put it out there. If I don't really care for their music, but I took a great picture, I'm not gonna put it out there. Yeah. It's, you know, so, yeah,
0: if that makes any sense. What kind of feedback have you got from from musicians about your photography?
1: I can't say I I honestly remember much. I mean, I I, I think, like I took a picture of uh, the artist known as Vagabond, a show and it was a high contrast black and whitey white Mm. a high contrast black and white photo and um, Many many months later there was an article getting written on in the New York Times and they wrote to me and said Can I get that photo from you? I don't know if they ever used it or not the Times that is but uh, I was flattered by that Um, But it's not that stuff's Not important to me representing the artist is important to me. I don't want to take a picture where uh, they wouldn't be proud. And I think that's often how I think in general about when I write or talk about an artist um, and when I uh, post a picture of an artist, I try to be as best I can them uh, and, uh, and think uh, would they be proud of this picture.
0: You talked a bit about uh, you know particular, you, you said musicians you don't you know, care for. I think that is a, a diplomatic way of talking about some, some musicians you, you perhaps <laughs> don't fit your taste, uh, perhaps is where I'm, put, I'm putting yeah. it. Are there any kinds of gigs, which you know you, you, you know, you love the artist, you love the music, but you just know it's gonna be a tricky one to photograph. Are there any gigs that kind of fit that mold?
1: Well, uh, there can often be uh, at festivals like South by Southwest, where uh, South by Southwest is a festival in Austin, Texas. There are fifteen hundred bands that appear in the course of five days uh and they and literally everything turns into a quote unquote venue mm-hmm. so the the pet shop where they you know shampoo the dog can <laughs> yeah. be a and i'm not kidding can be a venue uh so you're you struggle with um background and lighting and you know angle and just all that stuff so that's that's usually the
0: tricky thing and, oftentimes with those particularly with south by you will get an address and you have no idea what it is and so you yeah (laughs) Yeah. consider you look at google maps and say okay the the dot is this i'm i'm here as well yeah (laughs) yeah yeah yeah, yeah. (laughs) i want to ask the you know the last 12 months have been certainly devastating for the arts and creative industries not only in America but certainly around the world and I think perhaps the cruelest irony is that the pa- pandemic has it's almost been the impetus for some of the most interesting and creative music produced in, in quite some time what is your sense of how things have changed and what will the new normal for covering live music be?
1: I didn't think I'd be going to a live show before the end of this year, I th- think I'm wrong about that uh, I think in, in terms of shows i think you know we'll be back there and we'll be doing what we did before and maybe we'll have masks on and maybe i'll be pic- taking pictures of bands with guitarists wearing masks for a little bit but hmm. uh I, yeah i think i'm feeling a little bit more hopeful today than i might have a month ago so yeah
0: as you said you, you have someone who, who's spends close to, you know, goes to close to 600 gigs a year to go from that that smorgasbord uh, to, you know, literally nothing that had to have been a a huge mind shift. How have you (laughs) to say the, to say the very least? (laughs) How have you managed that?
1: I start by I'll start by saying I really miss shows. But I also say, I really enjoyed my time in my apartment. I mean, yeah, I've never spent this many evenings at home. And uh, <laughs> I make music. I've I made, uh, between last February and this February now, I've made six full albums. Wow. Uh, three, four with my uh, band uh, called Danger Painters. Um, if people want to find that they're all on Bandcamp. And then uh, two solo albums. Uh, I've made videos for, you know, 15 or Whatever songs out of those albums. Um, and then I took up macro photography. And yeah. that was
0: mind blowing. So, on, on your own website, you said you described your macro photography as, as something that brings you solace, something that helps you appreciate, and I quote, the other tiny things that I too often ignored. <laughs> what was it about macro photography in particular instead of, say, portrait photography or, or even? you know, landscape or architectural, or any, any other kind of photography? What was it about macro that kind of grabbed you?
1: I'm not even sure, I really can't remember why I gra- gravitated to macro, uh, other than, um, you know, it was spring, it was March, uh, when I began to be stuck in the house, and really April, uh, because March 13th was the last day at NPR, and so, let's say it was the top of spring I would go to this place called Brookside Gardens which is this beautiful beautiful curated garden and lake and pond and I should take pond not lake, but uh with with all uh with just these beautiful blooming flowers and uh I started with my um using my Sony I use an a7 uh, r2 these days um and I have like a 24 to 105 lens and I would just zoom in on it and take pictures and then realize that they're, And I can't remember how I realized that there's something called macro. I don't remember how that came about. It may have been a YouTube video, but I bought a bunch of um, extension tubes for a a lens I had, a a 1.855 lens. I bought uh, four extension, well, I think first Mm -hmm. I bought two extension 16 millimeter extension tubes, and then eventually a couple more. We could talk about other uh, other gear too, but... um, I would go and take pictures of these flowers, you know, that I, I'd gone to Brookside Garden plenty before and walked by flowers and thought, yeah, that's really beautiful. But getting really close to it and and then taking it home and spending time with it, which is another part of photography that, to me, I never would have thought of, which is not just the act of taking the picture and capturing the moment and looking at it. But really, looking at it, and then opening it up in Lightroom and finding things you can slightly tweak and enhance about it to bring out some of the. Yeah. Thing. I'm not one of those purists who think you have to capture the moment in the through the glass and that's that. To me, it's like anything else, like found sound or synthesizers, where it's all to me part of the uh, of the creative process.
0: How often would you spend time with in, with a photo in Lightroom? H- having gone from being happy to you know, take a photo on a phone to now meticulously looking at the at the grains <laughs> and the lighting, the saturation. Right, right. What, how much time would you spend with it?
1: I'm a yeah, I'm a really fast worker. Um, <laughs> you and me both. <laughs> so, <laughs> good. So, it used to be back when I started playing synthesizers and stuff. I'd spend I'd spend days just designing mm-hmm. a sound, and then and out of that sound, I'd make a song. Um, when I had a kid um i learned uh that time wasn't uh something that you had lots of anymore and uh for a while didn't make any music and so forth and then realized i just need to figure out a way to do this and i'd start doing these things called one shot jams where saturday night i'd say to my wife okay i'm going downstairs i'm going into my room and i'm going to uh, make a song and then that's going to be it and so i'd do that and i would just you know, for about four hours, just make something. I'd never go back to it. It was was what it was, and I just learned how to like mm-hmm. let go, let go of that perfection stuff, and just like be satisfied with something. Uh, and uh, and I, I think I that characteristic is stuck with me. Yes, I want to be good at it. Uh, I want to be. I want to have, mark, have have a stamp of mine on it, so it's, you know, that I'm proud of it. But I also don't have learned that it's not necessarily time that makes something better. It's sometimes gut and sometimes uh, chance. Um, I do this thing called the RPM Challenge every year, and I've done this for 13 years now, which is um, make an album yeah. in a month, and, uh, and I love that. I mean, I absolutely love that. And so I don't spend a lot of time with it. I
0: wouldn't spend more than 10 minutes yeah. on a
1: photograph and editing
0: one thing I'm really kind of interested in here is the the way you describe um yeah you know, something that helps you appreciate the other tiny things and I wanted to get a sense of what do you what has this helped you appreciate more I mean color for one uh,
1: yeah it's a nice pretty red flower oh look at the look at the way that it it goes from this you know rosy red to this deep deep and then and then there's that that yellow pollen that's just flaked on there. And I don't know, my eyes just pop. Uh, and it's something that I, and especially when you're doing yeah. macro where you're really looking at the dusty detail, uh, it's its so beautiful. And, and and of course, you know, you asked me why not portrait or something else. I mean, for me, I didn't want to be around people. So it was the perfect thing. You know, I'm I'm there with, Mostly yeah. flowers and
0: grass and maybe a turtle or two. <laughs> <laughs> How do you think it's taught you anything about the creative process?
1: Patience. I mean, well, I, I'm a relatively patient person in general, even though I work fast, but uh, macro requires a really a lot of patience. I don't use tripods or lights, um, and so I'm hand-holding my camera and the wind is blowing and you understand uh, what that means to focus. Your, your focal plane mm-hmm. is ridiculous. And um, I, I started using this Laowa um, 25 millimeter 2.8 ultra macro lens and, and that is like, I mean, you breathe on something and it goes out yeah, of focus. Yeah. <laughs> uh.
0: Do you think that has, well, I mean, it's, you haven't had the opportunity to photograph any gigs since, but do you think that has changed the way you think about music photography?
1: Well, I don't, I don't know that I get that I have the opportunity to take that necessary that skilled, newly fine-tuned skill because you still only get three songs and you're, you're out for the for a lot. So, you know, you can yeah. be patient as you want, <laughs> but uh, you, you'll only have uh, you know 13 minutes to shoot your, and capture the moment for the night. So. Um, maybe I mean I, I, I ha- it, it hasn't happened yet I have not since I started macro I have not gone back in so I may discover something but I, I think it's gonna um, not necessarily change things for me the one thing I'm actually curious and i I've been doing a bunch of um, if 2020 was my macro year I, this
0: 2021 maybe my 360. Yeah, because you you recently um, yeah. invested in a, a very exciting piece of equipment. As someone who is just absolutely in love with the idea of 360 photography, when you shared with me some of the photos and some of the footage you've taken with yours, I went, right, I don't care how much this is. I will find a way to get this. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good.
1: Then you have to share with me some of what you do, because I, I actually have never seen your work, and I and but I do want to see if you do buy. Uh, in this case, I use the Insta 360 X2, and. Uh, it's 450 bucks, basically, with a selfie stick. And you need a selfie stick. I know I can't believe I own right uh, now <laughs> multiple selfie sticks. Uh, but it, it we, people, I'm not going to go into detail in it, but basically you hold the camera up with the selfie stick and you get this perspective with the 360 camera. And it makes the selfie stick invisible the way it splices the, there are two mm. cameras in a hemisphere, uh, and and it splices those two together. And the selfie stick is down the middle and it just, stitches those away it's kind of magic um so anyway it's uh i've never seen the world this way uh it blows my mind yesterday i drove around dc Uh, i attached it to the front of my car and drove around and did uh today i did time lapse with it yesterday i just shot video with it um I made a music video out of it that last wow. night and I was up till twelve. I was gonna
0: say, I mean, I can all, almost hear the creative juices flowing, just the, the possibilities that one, <laughs> that this, oh my God, oh this my is God. going to, we can do this now, we can do that, and that all kinds of things come to come to bear.
1: The cool thing about, and, and this again, is the opposite of being a purist, but the cool thing about 360 photography, who those who've never tried it, is it, almost everything is about post-production mm. because you take your photograph and then when you put it into either the phone app or you put it into the uh, the um, desktop app you then define what part of the image you want to see how you want to see it what perspective you want to see it from uh, and if it's a video you can change like like I drove around DC I could make a video that looks like it's being shot from above me from below me from i can be looking to the side and you can do all of that later so your creative opportunity to sit at your desk and just make up uh, something is mind-boggling it's really 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 exciting and i know in one level people say oh man that's just novelty or i'm not going to wear glasses to look around you know the room um but you don't need to do any of that. With a, you can take a still photograph with an incredibly bizarre perspective, and
0: it's a beautiful still photograph. It's the amazing thing about, yeah. You know, I think there's there's something to be said for, uh, you know, you hone your hone your skills in one particular area of photography, and then something kind of tweaks in your mind. You're like, what if I change this setting just ever so slightly, and then all of a sudden a new an exciting plane of creativity just opens up before you. But the idea that you can just be presented with a whole lot of raw footage and think, actually, no, I can do this, I can do that. That, that sort of, for someone yeah, with, a, yeah. with a the creative mindset, that must be incredibly invigorating.
1: I, I love getting material and then figuring out what to do with it. And, and that's how my music works. You know, my friend will send me a guitar part and I'll put You know some kind of percussion drum to it and then some layer of texture to it and send it back their way and it comes back uh, something a little different and then the lyricist gets on it and it's just it's so much fun to just take something and make something else out of it it's endlessly
0: enjoyable to me when you think about how the rest of 2021 will play out i know this is high in the sky almost now, yeah, <laughs> you don't. don't you know. don't know. But what would be? What can you imagine? What What the ideal would be?
1: I mean, I'd love to see everybody happy in a room together. <laughs> uh, I mean, ideally, I'm about to take my first trip, uh, and I'm really apprehensive about it. And I think it may. Help. I mean, I, I live alone, and I don't really go to stores much, and so I've been very isolated for uh, a year. And so thinking, oh my God, we're all going to get together and everything's going to be the same as it used to be is just not going to happen. Um, and it, people will take baby steps. And I think, depending on variants and all that other stuff, the baby steps, yeah, could have a few giant steps in it. I mean, the U.S. is starting to make some headway in vaccines. Um, so that's good. So by you know, and by
0: fall, who knows? It's one of the the surreal things being being from New Zealand and seeing you know my old country essentially kind of getting on as though it's normal, and seeing photos from festivals and well, what the fact that they're having festivals back in New Zealand is mind blowing and seeing wow. the photos and bands playing live and the kind of double take, the cognitive dissonance of thinking, oh, this isn't a throwback to 2018, 2019. This was February in Wellington, or and that kind of thing kind of it it does make me think you know even as a as a consumer of that kind of photography of seeing you know a different world that you know i've I'm so I feel like at certain level of reluctance but I know that there are there's a part of the world where it's like it has been normal and whether or not we will all kind of you know adapt that mindset and it will just kind of click back into place I'm not so sure but there's a part of me that desperately wants to have that kind of, yeah, that, that have that thing coming back to me, that, uh, that sense of presence and being, and I know when I go back to that first gig, and I'm, I'm sure you feel the same when you go back, you will remember your first post-pandemic gig, I'm sure forever. <laughs> it will- As, it will as I remember my
1: last, pre, you know, shot shooting my last show back in March.
0: Yeah. yeah Is there is there a particular, uh, I know, uh, I think I've kind of asked this, but I'll, I'll ask it in a slightly different way. Is there a, a kind of photography you feel you, know, you might, you know, it's, it's off the beacon track, it's not quite macro, it's not quite gig photography, it's not quite 360. Is there something you could see yourself perhaps exploring that's a little bit out there, but you might see yourself getting involved?
1: Well, actually, I've been thinking of, I mean, it's really just, I've been thinking about how to use 360 at a concert venue. So that's what I'm actually yeah. eager to play with. When I, I told a friend about it, he said, oh, you're not going to use that in a show. And I'm, I'm thinking, actually, I might. Uh, it'd be curious. I don't know. Like I haven't gotten, kind of quite gotten how it would work in the lighting and what my perspective would be and would my selfie stick be really obnoxious in the room. And uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm, not, I'm not sure. But I want to play with that. Uh, and I'm, I'm, I'm eager to, yeah. to try that. I don't, I don't know. You got any good ideas?
0: (laughs) I'm just thinking now, like, would you, you Yeah. how would you position yourself? Would you need to find yourself in the the center to kind of grab that, you know, perspective of the the band and the performance as well as the crowd? Or could it work almost, you know, slightly askew? That would be an interesting take. I think there's, it's one of the cool things about, uh, I think, you know, practice and bringing in different elements of, um, photography into something that has a kind of patter to it. You know, a, a gig photo is is a gig photo, much like you know, a sports photographer will say, like, yeah, you, know, you know exactly what beats you need to tick off in order to get a good series of photos from mm-hmm. a game or anything like that. But to be able to sort of twist the you know, expectations, but still produce something which is authentic and you know, is a re- an accurate reflection of what the performance was like, or, or indeed, kind of adds an element to the the um what the artist is bringing i think that could be really interesting i
1: i was telling you earlier about this um i think it was a god i want to say it was a kodak but i could be completely wrong there it was a it was a little 720p uh video camera that i used to carry to to gigs and shoot one minute videos and i got probably still a bunch of them somewhere on youtube um but i was wondering what it would be like to shoot a one minute 360 uh video of a band like like think about the yeah. moment that you would maybe we should keep that a secret no just kidding but think about the moment that you could <laughs> capture you get the audience you get the band you get the sound those microphones in those 360s i think there are four of them um are are actually yeah pretty good although i haven't used them at loud volume they just make crunch but but let's say they're good um that would be a cool moment to to capture to capture home a minute to get a you know as a, for social media and giving a little more sense of who this band is what they sound like so
0: what are you excited about what, uh, particularly with in terms of photography what kind of possibilities do you see and how um, how can you see them how can you see yourself using them in the future
1: yeah, no, I think, I think this 360 thing, maybe it's just because I'm determined that I'm going to really, there's so much to explore in it. It's so different than anything else uh, that I, I think I'm really excited about exploring the possibilities of uh, this new sort of photography. And not that I'm not going to pick up my Sony a7R 2 because I, I surely love it. Um, I love doing time-lapse photography. I've got one running right now of the, Trees across the way uh, over the course of the month as they bloom, blossom, and oh, turn nice. green. Um, so uh, I, I enjoy playing with time lapse. I enjoy playing with uh, 360. I think I've used that word an awful lot now. <laughs> <laughs> Did I tell you I was really excited about 360?
0: I've I got a sense. You've got a sense <laughs> you're really into this.
1: Do you know the, other people who are doing this? I mean, I know, obviously, there are other people doing it, but, but do you know personally folks that are playing around with it, talking about it, excited or not excited about it? Yeah,
0: I I have a friend who, funnily enough, lives in Austin, and he is, uh, for his sins, the most dedicated trail runner I've ever seen. And he takes his 360 camera out when he is running around. Yeah. And uh, he showed me footage of it, and he's you know going over hills and over branches and... My first question to him was like, why did you have a drone follow you, following you right. around? Like, yeah. that looks, it's just, that's insane. And he's like, no man, I, I've got this on a stick. <laughs> and I'm, I'm kind of like, you know, a little it's, bit like Ben Franklin with a kite, you know, I'm running around with it. And it just, it doesn't look like I've got anything behind me, but I do. And that I, I found amazing. It, it's hard to understand how you how
1: someone else is not shooting the picture. Yeah, <laughs> I, like it's hard. I I've now use, had to use this thing for I guess three months, and I, it's still hard for me to understand the perspective. So uh, yeah, and and it's got this beautiful image stabilizer in it. So when your buddy's running, uh, it looks really smooth. It's not bouncy and jerky, even though yeah. he's holding it on a stick.
0: Yeah, it it just sort of opened my mind to yeah you know, the possibilities and seeing some of the, the footage that you have captured like uh, with your car and just going through the tunnels and the way the lights right. kind of intermingle yeah. and spin so it's been you know curated and given an almost almost a 2001 space odyssey kind of tweak to it and then all of a sudden you're out of the tunnel and it's you know the freeway again just there's so many things you can do with the technology and it, uh, that's the thing i find so exciting is that as soon as you see the possibility from a technical point of view the creative lights just like start blinking and there's just so much so much that can be done and so many things to do that can sort of break the conventions of other photography, which I find really exciting. I do too, and
1: my life has been, I, I don't consider myself a very skilled person, but I feel like I have in my life, in music and so forth, and photography, uh, been a collaborator with brilliant engineers. Mm. And whether they are the ones who design s- the synthesizers I use, or the software I use, or now the cameras I use, I mean, they make things possible for a person like me to dive into and play with uh, what they've created. So it's pretty cool.
0: A huge thanks to the legendary Bob Boylan, and if you want to see a sample of his music, macro, and 360 shots, check out his website at bobboylan.info and on Instagram at tinydesk. And remember, you can follow The Shot on our Instagram at the.shot.podcast and on our website at shotpodcast.com.